The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Melhothra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Melhothra. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host for Generation Regeneration. Thank you for joining me. Today's show is about shamanic healing, and our return guest is gifted shamanic healer and medicine woman, Renee Villard-Reed. Hello, Ray, and welcome again to the show. Thank you, Sandra. Good to see you. I'd also like to welcome our listeners to Generation Regeneration. We're excited to dive further into this topic today. Our goal with the show is to provide information and support for those who want to regenerate their bodies, minds, spirits, and relationships to others and to the planet. Renee was our guest during our first Generation Regeneration show on November 18th, which you can catch on demand on iTunes or Stitcher. And she gave us a great introduction to shamanic healing and how she realized her calling as a shamanic healer and medicine woman. Now, Renee, you mentioned during that show that shamanism is not a religion, but a spiritual practice. For those that didn't catch the show on November 18th, can you please give a brief overview of the way shamans work in alternate realities and the types of spirit allies that you work with during a journey? Sure. Um, What we talked about on the first show was that we use three different worlds to ascertain information and help in the process of healing an individual. Um, The first one is called the lower world, which is not meant to be lower or negative, but is actually the world of the archetype. And when we go there, we go to find um, information about disease and about illness to help us in our day-to-day practices. Um, It's an area where we can ask who, what, where, why, how, but never when. Um, There are the ancestor spirits. In other words, by ancestors, we think of ancient ones like from thousands of years ago that we might run into there, ancient medicine women, medicine men, uh, ancient shamans, if you will, different cultures. Uh, The lower world is a magical place. It's where animals speak. You run into mythical beasts. Um, All of them have knowledge and help and awareness. And in that, we all carry that DNA. Carl Jung researched that quite, you know, pointedly in that when we have that in our uh, genetic makeup to recognize these symbols and these archetypes as meaning something to us. So that's the first place that we go to to get information. The second one is the middle world, which has to do with um, usually tracking or finding things that in a world that looks very similar to the one that we're in presently. And then there's the upper world, which is the world of the saints and the angels and um, 
religious figures. This is a place where we seek truly spiritual information as opposed to more mundane affairs. We go there for um, things to guide us, to assist us uh, in our soul purpose and to give us peace and help. It is also a place where you run into uh, spirits that have passed over. So in that, a shaman can also be mediumistic and give spirit messages. Okay. That's a nice review. Thank you. And if anyone wants a little more detail, they can always go back to the 1118 show on demand. But we'll keep moving forward here. And having that information with the world the shamans work in, I'd also like to get into the specific methods that shamans use to help their patients with healing. And some of the common ones include what's called soul retrieval, retrieval of a spiritual ally, removal of unwanted energies, past life retrievals, generational programming or predisposition to illness, and also preparing for death. So I think it would be interesting if we spent several minutes on each one of those, because this really encompasses the, the majority of the work that you do using these various techniques in the various worlds that you just mentioned. So if we can start with soul retrieval, can you explain what that is? Yeah, soul retrieval is a technique that was really brought into the light by uh, Sandra Inkerman, who I have a whole, a whole lot of respect for. And in that, what we are doing is when someone, let's see, to back up, when someone has a trauma, and you can say whether it's a physical trauma, an emotional trauma, even a spiritual trauma, what happens is that there is like a shearing off, a splintering, if you will, of the soul. Um, If we look at it emotionally or in psychological terms, we could say, oh, yeah, well, the person had a split, Okay, let's say if they were molested or physically abused, normally, you know, a person is going to dissociate to a certain extent so that they can cope with or live through that experience. By the same token, if you're in a car accident, uh, how many people you've talked to that say, you know, I've never felt the same since then? Well, uh, depending on how violent or how shocking it was to the physical body and the emotional system, there was a shearing off once again. Um, Illnesses can cause sometimes even a splitting off, if you will. So when we do a soul retrieval, what we're doing is we go and seek that lost piece. And the way I've described it before is if you remember Peter Pan losing his shadow, um, to me, the way I see it when I'm bringing it back in, it almost looks like a piece of a shadow form that's been missing, that needs to be brought back in. And in so doing, it causes a very profound integration in the individual. Um, I can give you a good example uh, how soul retrieval can assist like just in healing in general. Um, I had a, a client years ago who had uh, broken their leg, okay, uh, playing um, softball. And uh, she caught her foot on, in, a, in a rut or a hole in, on second base and she splintered those small bones in the lower part of the, the leg. Well, she wasn't healing really well and she's in her early 30s and there was really no reason for that. But her comment was, I still don't feel the same. And uh, so, anyway, long story short, um, I said, why don't you come over? And uh, we did the soul retrieval. And where I went to looking for it was I would say I used the middle world because it happened in, in, in this reality, so to say. So, what I found was where she had literally fallen in that area, picked up or retrieved that with the assistance of my spiritual ally, who is an, a medicine man in spirit that helps me. 
and brought that back in, and we ceremonially blow it into the solar plexus four times and the top of head four times, and then rattle it down in. And what occurred was really quite interesting because within just a matter of a few moments, she was feeling a tremendous amount of circulation in her legs where it was kind of numb before. She felt like her mind was working more clearly. And the best part of the story is, is over the next several months, the body started doing the work that it could now do because it was integrated now. And so the bones started knitting very, very rapidly and with very, very excellent results. So soul retrieval is a very profound uh, use, and it also is very helpful in people who have been traumatized in the past. Um, I had a high referral rate from therapists because people have had, you know, um, molest or abuse. And what we do is we don't go back and relive the experience, but what we do is we go back just prior to the event occurring and taking the person into a visualization whereby they can Re, re, I want to say redo it in the in from the perspective of being in power and in control, and and in, at the end of the process, we bring the soul piece back then, uh, with which causes a tremendous amount of self empowerment uh, to occur for the individual, and one of the things that we do is the second thing, which is power animal retrieval. And I'm kind of pulling this in right now because I think oftentimes we, in order to do this kind of work to help a person interact and so they can take their power back, um, we get them in touch with a power animal. And where we go is we go to the lower world to reach a power animal. And usually there's one that came in with the person at the beginning of life. And in a Christian, from a Christian perspective, we would say we have our guardian angels. Well, in, from the shamanic perspective, we have these furry or feathery guardian angels that assist. But interestingly enough, for a lot of people, on a psychological level, it's easier for the, the mind to apprehend that sort of a relationship. And so we go and get the power animal. And that is also blown in ceremonially, but through the heart chakra or through the heart, chest area, and the top of the head, and then rattled in. And then when we go from there to doing process work, that will bring in soul retrieval and other things, They, the power animal goes with them as a guide, as a protector, as a helper. And so they don't feel like they're at in any way, shape, or form threatened. So I use a combination of techniques sort of in a nutshell here. And then at the very end, we'll do the soul retrieval because that completes the process after power has been taken back and the person can... And, and load the negativity that they feel that they sort of took into their body and into their spirit and into their emotions. Yeah. So you, you said some interesting words there. Uh, the one that I picked up on was, first of all, that the person who has been fractured in that way, it can be sort of a subtle feeling that they have that just something is off. They just know that something is not right and perhaps can't quite put their finger on it. And what you're able to do is to reintegrate them. You use the word integration, which is a very important part of your work in terms of integrating health, mind, body, spirit, pulling a lot of things together. And then also another good word that you used was empowering, uh, especially if what the person had been through was an abuse or a trauma, that that, that fracturing can leave them feeling very victimized. And it seems what you're trying to do is to allow them to reintegrate and to get their power back again. And 
I think that's a very powerful type of work that you're doing, a powerful type of healing, uh, because that type can reverberate through many aspects of your patient's lives, I'm sure. Very much so. You can see some very powerful transformations that occur just in how they start to live their life from that point on. It's, it's magical and it's humbling to observe the changes that occur for them. And it's very beautiful to watch a person who has been gone from being someone who keeps their head down to holding their head up and their shoulders back, feeling like a new person, but actually being restored to the individual who was never any, in an essential sense spiritually ever damaged, bringing forth the true divine child within who can never be harmed. And, you know, it doesn't get mixed up with everything. That's wonderful. Yeah, and you you take the therapy much further than just, say, talk or psychological therapy. You really get to the crux of reintegrating the whole being. Correct. Very good. Well, thank you for that. We've gone over so far a couple of techniques that shamans use, namely soul retrieval and retrieval of a spiritual ally. And now we're going to get ready for a short break. My name is Sandra Malhotra. I'm here with shaman and medicine woman Renee Villard-Weed, and we'll be right back. Thank you very much. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in January 2015 called HoldTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Melhothra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Melhothra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Melhothra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now, back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back. This is your host, Sandra Malhotra. And today, our guest is Renee Villard-Reed, a shamanic healer and medicine woman, 
who's joining us for a second discussion about the fascinating subject of shamanic healing. And right before the break, we started talking about the methods that shamans use in their healing practice. One of them being soul retrieval, another being retrieval of a spirit ally or power animal. And so we're going to continue now getting into some of the other methods they use. So let's talk about removal of unwanted energies or extractions. Okay, yeah, the extraction is something that we do in regard to um, physical ailments that are localized in a particular area. And in the shamanic view, they're oftentimes seen as a stone or a dark spot. Um, In some cases, it can be like an insect. I know that sounds kind of odd, but in shamanic training, you you learn to see different things. But uh, to give example, um, yesterday I had a client come in. And her problem is that she has a very difficult time uh, making commitments in relationships. Well, we did a whole process with the very first time that she was, her first relationship obviously ended poorly. So we did a soul retrieval on that. But as I was working on her, I saw or what perceived to be something in the heart area. And I say the heart chakra, which is sort of dead, it's in the middle of the sternum. And um, what happened was is that I noticed as I started to pull it out. And literally there's like a physical activity of pulling or withdrawing something from the body. And it appeared to be almost like a large, thick nail, almost like the type of nail, and I can't think of the name of it, you'd find on a railroad tie, okay? And as I'm pulling this out, um, it, it was very, very long, and it went all the way to her back. So I'm pulling that out, and also the experience is is sort of, there's a, it's it's like I'm having energies that come in and and I'm feeling, and when I say energies, just spiritual energies that help me to cleanse it and clear it and move that, uh, whatever's left of the residue out of there. Well, at the end of the healing, um, she sat up on the table and she goes, she says, what did you, did, it felt like you pulled something out. And I said, yes, I did. I described it. She says, well, you know what's really interesting? It's sore in the middle of my back. And I said, yeah, it's going to be sore for a little bit. But what happened was, is after I had pulled that out and, and we sort of smoothed out the energy, when I put the pendulum above it, she had a heart chakra that was spinning really strongly then. Whereas before we started, there was basically heart, well, there was little or no movement. So the extraction can be very powerful. Um, and that's just one example of it, but they can show up as stones or rocks. Just like I said, uh, I, I was working on a, someone who has a, a heart uh, irregularity. And in this event, I saw like a squiggly, almost worm-like energy in one ventricle. And so I just, I, I'm visualizing and I'm seeing this at the same time. It's like I'm trying, it's like as if I could put my hand in there, even though the person's not going to feel my hand in there and withdrew that. Uh, what was very interesting is is the irregular heartbeat settled down after that. So um, one of the, the primary most important things in shamanism is if you can see it, it's happening. If you can't see it happening, then you're not making the, the connection. And, and it's, not, it's not a magic thinking. It's not magical thinking or just, you know, being positive. You literally have to see it and see it done. And uh, so it's, it's a very, very powerful form of healing to, to use. And um, I encourage clients to use it from there if they're feeling any heavy energies in any parts of their body, that if they would just uh, go into a quiet meditative state, if they will 
pull from that area, like a solar plexus that's feeling heavy or their stomach's heavy, that oftentimes just in that pulling or that acting out, uh, there's a lightening up of the energies and they can certainly help themselves. So did those unwanted energies come from life experiences that they had unpleasant or traumatic that, that left that kind of signature? Sure. If you look at it, most people's illnesses are a metaphor or their emotional hurts are a metaphor. So look, she got, she got nailed through the heart, right? I mean, this, this guy just really did a job on her. Okay. So she was made to feel like she didn't matter, that she was expendable. And it was just like driving a stake through her or a nail. So everything's quite metaphorical. So when you see that, um, it was interesting when I saw that worm-like thing, I thought of, well, this is like the worm in the apple barrel, okay? Um, It's just sort of mucking things up uh, when there's no reason for it. So, and we did find the, the, the time in his life, in this one particular person's life, the heart, where this problem had probably started. Okay, so we'd also done a retrieval that day on yeah. that. Yeah. So, and I'd have to say that his heart rhythm is doing extremely well now. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm finding fascinating is how you're able to delve very deeply into someone's being, to extract things which have wounded them, maybe emotionally, mm-hmm. psychologically. Uh, and affect a very powerful healing that way. And it's a healing that couldn't be achieved just through pure physical means. No. Nor could it probably be achieved through just pure psychological talking no, about it. Mm-mm. So uh, what you're doing here is something which is very deep and profound. Well, what's been very interesting is sometimes people who have been to therapists um, will come in and, and I you know, talk about what we're going to do. And they'll say, well, I've already done that work. And I go, well, I have no doubt you've discussed it, which is 50% of your healing is identifying an issue and understanding what it is and and where it's come from. Gets them to a certain place. That's right. right. But you have to have an experience that completes it. And if you can't get into something that touches you on a visceral level, it hasn't changed. You know, you can't do it above above the waist, so to say. Right. It's got to be an embodied experience. Right. Okay. Let's keep going with the methods that shamans use to heal their patients, past life retrievals. Yes. Um, I oftentimes, well, most most of my my career, I I shied away from doing that only because I felt like in a person's life there was enough to deal with, usually in this present life, without uh, backtracking somewhere else. However, uh, in in recent years, I've done a lot more of that, um, to wit. Um, One client had a, a chronic knee problem that wouldn't seem to heal. And so I was asking Spirit if they wouldn't reveal to me really what was causing this because the person is totally healthy and they're very active. There was no reason for it. There really wasn't a, an injury, so to say. So um, I was taken back to World War One, and I saw him as a young um, officer uh, on the American side. So would that be sort of the middle world? Yes, this would be in? exactly. This okay. would be a middle world journey. Mm-hmm. And um, I, it was, uh, it, there was tear, there was not tear gas, what was it, mustard gas, that was it. And he'd been blinded by it. And um, he was moving forward. And what's really interesting, his heritage was German, and yet he was fighting the Germans. And he stepped on a, uh, a mine. And what was interesting is what I saw was it literally blew the leg off from about just a little bit above the knee down. So I thought, okay. So what we did was is we retrieved him from that past lifetime, 
And what was very interesting to note was that leg started to settle down and that knee started to settle down and he had a lot more feeling coming into that leg. I mean, he's a young man. There was no reason for that not to be, you know, a perfectly good leg, but he was carrying that past life memory in there. And so it's like he really didn't have his leg there. And what was interesting was, as as I was bringing that part of the soul in, it was almost like they were bringing that that piece of that leg with the boot on it, even, if you will. But I just just go with what I'm being shown. So, yeah, it was very, very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. You mentioned that you're doing this work more so now because you felt that working on the present life was maybe a more immediate. But it's been interesting. Um, I have been working with you for several months now. This is how I know that Renee is the real deal because it's been transformative, the work that we've been doing. And it's interesting because we actually started resolving some past life issues and then worked our way into present life issues. So I guess it may just depend on the person that you're working with, which way you need to go. Well, the way I work is is that I go with what the person brings me. And I go from there because that's where we need to start. It's not what I think is a good idea. And I, I often find that when we go with where the person is going, then spirit shows up for that. And we have all the assistance and help that we can possibly get. And in your case, you had some very specific memories that were in the forefront of your life and having a deep effect on them. So you came in with some information. And so it put us, gave us a leg up, as you were, you know, if you want to say it that way. And we, you know, moved from that perspective. But it was very, very interesting, the work we did with you. I mean, it was, it, to me, it was very singular. I haven't had one of those before. <laughs> It's It's been great for me, too. All right. Well, we're going to get ready for a short break in a couple of minutes. But before we go, let's just do a brief review of what we've covered so far. We've been talking about the methods that shamans use to do their healing work. And we started off with soul retrieval, which I have experienced in my work with Renee. It's, it's a real deal. Retrieval of a spiritual ally. And it's been interesting because the... A spiritual ally that's come up for me in some of our journeys have been my St. Bernard dog, who's a very strong, powerful dog. And I feel even in life, he's a wonderful friend and protector. And he's actually been there for some of our journeys. And so it's it's interesting, the, the allies that can come forth for you. So he's definitely here for a lot of reasons. We also talked about removal of unwanted energies or extractions and also past life retrievals. All of these things that we've been talking about can have a powerful effect on your life today. And it's with a shaman that you can really peel back the layers and understand what's going on with these issues and start to heal them. So what we're going to do right now is go ahead and get ready for another short break. I am Sandra Malhotra your host for Generation Regeneration, and we're here with shaman and medicine woman, Renee Villard-Vreed. We're going to get going, and we'll see you on the flip side. Thank you very much for joining us. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. 
Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. A new health and wellness community is coming in January 2015 called holdtreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Melhothra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Melhothra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Melhothra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now, back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back to Generation Regeneration. This is your host, Sandra Malhotra. And today, Renee Villard-Reed is joining us, a shamanic healer and medicine woman. And we have been going over the several methods that shamanic healers use to help their patients. And we're making our way through the list, and we have just a couple more. Let's talk about generational programming or predisposition to illness now. Okay. Introduce that subject to us. One of the things that um, we sometimes find is a predisposition, certainly, to a type of illness in a family. Um, You know, we talk about it genetically, but I've often argued with my medical friends saying, you know, if there wasn't an emotional predisposition, I doubt that very seriously that we would be manifesting so much of the physical ailment. Um, And I'm going to use myself as an example. In my family, uh, there is a history of fibroids, okay, uterine fibroids. Now, my mother had them, her mother had them, her mother had them, and her mother before her had them. And so in conventional circles, that may be just chalked up to genetics. Correct. And I don't agree with that. Um, I've, I've, I've had them, uh, the episodes of them a couple of times. And in both instances, um, the first time I figured out what was causing the problem, because when we look at the emotional cause of fibroids, it's about hurt feelings, hurts that have not been resolved. Also, somehow the ego has been wounded. And when I went searching in my little, you know, box of emotional goodies, what I unearthed was there was a pattern, not just with myself, but with my mom and and all the women going back, of not feeling... um, uh, appreciated or like good enough and that the aspect of the feminine was uh, disrespected 
and not always honored as far as um, every effort that was made. And it was taken for granted. And so there's a lot of hurt feelings about that. And there was also like, as long as you're uh, stepping up to bat and taking care of business, everybody thinks you're wonderful. But the minute you have a personal problem, you're letting the side down. And that hurts. That hurts very badly when it's like, gosh, I've just been giving 150% all this time. And, and nobody's saying, gee, that was great. Thanks so much. But if you stop doing it, then you're really the enemy. So I found that for myself, um, that that was really what was contributing to mine. Any un, un, unwant, unwanted or un, un, unabsolved, I want to say, grievances with issues with children even, hurts from children because that's the womb area. Thank you very much. Okay. So oftentimes forgiveness needs to come in, not only of the self, but of the individuals understanding that, um, not that you're condoning what happened, but just recognizing that, you know what, it happened, it can't change, but you need to go from here. And so let's let the hurt go now. And let's heal it. And if it needs to be grieved, grieve it. Um, and start working with that energy from extraction level, from herbs, from uh, meditation, from getting more in tune with what my true self is saying and uh, healing that emotional error. And oftentimes it goes into what I say about physical issues, I believe ultimately are all spiritual crisis. It's really a call to get more integrated with God within you, asking what's really important. Was all this stuff really that big of a deal? Okay, when you really boil it down, is this the hill you want to die on? Even if you want to go that far? And, and stopping and really looking at how you're holding your energy, how you're holding who you are, and being willing to grow out of it and let it go and to, to be more integrated in yourself. So, but I looked back and, and I got a lot of my information from traveling in, um, uh, in the upper world on this one because I went and talked to my, my grandmothers and said, hey, so what was your story? Because some of them, I didn't know what their story was. I knew what my mother's story was. I pretty much knew what my grandmother's story was. But to hear from the other ones, I heard a whole other matter. And, and they, it totally validated some of the things that I was going on. So, and I also have learned that whatever you heal in this generation stops oftentimes the continuation of what con is considered to be a genetic predisposition. Because if you can get it healed inside of yourself emotionally, guess what? You can pass that on to subsequent generations so that how they hold their energy and how they approach issues is in a much more wholesome, loving, and spiritually conscious manner. That's, yeah, that's fascinating. The fact that you can understand and change the course of a generational ailment because it seems in conventional medical circles it's as if the die is cast oh well you know my mother and my grandmother had this condition so i am therefore doomed to have it as well there's nothing i can do and from what you're saying is that there's actually quite a bit you can do uh that's just a uh uh, signal that this needs to be delved into further. What's going on with this? Not just accept this physical condition that may have occurred in previous generations, but figure out at a deeper level what may have been going on. That's true. And the other thing is, is what people don't realize is that unless you get to the core issue of it, you can um, take all the herbs and all the supplements you want um, but they're not going to be empowered unless you get that spiritual, emotional connection put together. 
Uh, I was just yesterday asked by someone, why haven't you gotten a hysterectomy? I said, oh, yes, let's take out that offending part that's teaching me so much. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, I said, well, if I look back, if I had done that, I said I wouldn't have met a nutritionist who taught me to eat better and to take more supplements and take care of my body better. I wouldn't be learning so many things about myself. I wouldn't have sat there in self-inquiry asking, what's this really all about? What is my body trying to tell me? Because the body is the last place that an illness hits. All illness begins out in the auric field with an emotional issue or a spiritual issue. Now, if it is addressed at the appropriate time, guess what? It, it, it evaporates, it moves on. But most of the time, we, we start early on in life. What happens is, is slowly that that emotional issue starts to get closer and closer and closer to the body until finally, bam, it lands somewhere. There it is. Now it's in your body. Now your body's going, hello, I can't, you know, now I can't hold this back anymore. So you're going to have to look at this. And that's the deal. The body is our antenna. It says this is what hasn't been looked at. So if you've got something going wrong, you need to talk to your body. You need to talk to yourself. And that's where all this journey work helps. It really helps. Yeah, it's it's an interesting point the way you say that uh, your ailment was a teacher for you. Because so often illness in the traditional Western paradigm is considered your foe. We have the war on cancer. Right. right. We, we, we fight whatever illness may happen to us instead of realizing that it's, that's not our enemy. That's our body which is talking to us, maybe hitting us over the head with a hammer, if it's a very serious condition, it's trying to get our attention. And the thing to do is to realize that's your friend. Your body is your friend. It's never your enemy. And the idea is to delve into that and figure out what's going on with you on your emotional level, spiritual level, past history, everything. So I think what you're saying here uh, really gets at the crux at deep healing, really figuring out what's going on and healing it at a deep level as opposed to fighting it, removing it, burning it out, cutting it out, that type of thing. I mean, in certain situations, those things may be required. It's hard to say. But, uh, but leaving it just at that is only taking care of a fraction of the situation. And to, to, to really affect permanent healing, like you said, you have to lift up the hood and figure out what's going on under there. Yeah, like what's led up to this? Yes. And, you know, it, but I, I think it also takes a particular, I'm going to say mindset, mm-hmm. to want to embrace that because personal and self-healing and natural healing takes longer than a quick fix. It's an excellent and, point. And there, therein lies the whole social paradigm right there. I want my, my cheeseburger and french fries and Coke at the drive up right now. I want that magic bullet. I want that magic pill. If, if, if cutting it out is better, then by golly, let's do that. We can do without that little part. And, and I, I find that, well, well, there are times when then certainly that will save your life. Let's, let's be real here. But when you, you're dealing with a basically <clears throat> a benign system, like, like say a fibroid, you have the luxury of that. And, uh, but when I work with cancer patients, we look at where it all started. And uh, the thing is, is that cancer is a very angry, angry illness. It is a hurt that's very deep, and it, the anger has been unresolved, and there's usually a lack of forgiveness underneath the whole picture. Huge lack of forgiveness, either for oneself, for others, or a combination thereof. 
Yeah, that's probably why the current cancer treatments that we have, which are basically <clears throat> radiation, chemotherapy, um, they may go after the tumor, but they also go after the rest of the body as well. That's right. And the underlying issue is never addressed. And so chances are it may come back again. Well, and the thing is, is I've, I've had seen, I, I've had cl clients where we do the process and the tumors have shrank. Okay. And, uh, that was, it was, it was noticeable because they were able to address the issues. Interestingly enough though, I mean, they could hit one tumor there, let's just say in one case I'm thinking of, and it was about this, this, this woman's relationship with her mother. She could not forgive her mother when it got down to this one last tumor. She'd actually gotten rid of, and I'm going to say she did, with the help of spirit in the process, because we are capable of healing our bodies. There is the divine Christ child that is, yes, exists within us at the very core of our being. And if we can get in touch with that reality, there is no reason for us to ever be unhealthy, die, or have disease. But that's a whole other conversation to have. But anyway, she wouldn't. She couldn't get there. She couldn't get there. When we got to forgiveness, it was immediately she went into, well, you would know how I feel, that my she did this and I can't possibly, and well, and I said, is it worth dying for? She had no answer for that, and the ultimate outcome was yes. Wow. That was the outcome. And that was a really interesting, she couldn't let go of that. And uh, how interesting that she had resolved so many others. And in fact, they, I mean, we were watching, um, they were taking, doing MRIs and CAT scans, and these tumors were going away, and they knew it wasn't the chemotherapy <laughs> because they can't be there one week and gone the next. It doesn't work that way. So um, anyway, uh, but it was very interesting. Having, and I also have, it means that when you're dealing with people like this, you just have to honor and respect their life path, that maybe that's just where they need to be right now. And that you can't you can't meet them with judgment. Yeah, and it sounds like she did make progress on a lot of fronts. So well, in the long run, she died in peace. I will say, yeah. and she was very much resolved in many other things. So yes. you know what? Well done, then. Yes, that's right. Well done. Okay, all right. Yeah, we spent quite a bit of time this segment talking about generational program or predispositions to illness because that's a very big and important subject. Um, I, I think the the Western conventional paradigm just tends to view things very much on a physical and genetic level and that if generations before you had a particular ailment then the die is cast for you and I think the very important points you raised here is no that's not the case uh, basically that's just a signal that you have some work to do to figure out what the issues are so, okay, we are going to get ready for another short break here. We've been talking about the methods that shamans use during their healing, and we've covered quite a few up to this point. And we have one more that we will delve into, preparing for death after the break. So we have been talking with guest Renee Villard-Reed, who's a shamanic healer and medicine woman. This is your host, Sandra Malhocher with Generation Regeneration, and we'll be right back after this short break. life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in January 2015 called HoldTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. 
As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. For 27 years, Kidstar has empowered thousands of kids across the country. And now we have the opportunity to empower children around the world. Kidstar is announcing a new radio show called Voyage Earth. Voyage Earth will empower kids from across the world. Kidstar has created a Kickstarter campaign just for this new undertaking. By pledging to Kickstarter, you pledge for a future of empowered people to come. My name is Lindsay Marie from Bookworms. I want to thank you for being a backer of our Kickstarter. Kidstar, we empower kids. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Melhothra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Melhothra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Melhothra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now, back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back to Generation Regeneration. This is Sandra Mahosha, your host. Thank you for joining us for our discussion today with shamanic healer and medicine woman, Renee Villard-Reed. And we have spent the past couple of segments talking about the methods that shamans use for their healing work. We discussed soul retrieval, retrieval of a spiritual alloy, ally, removal of unwanted energies, past life retrievals, generational programming or predispositions to illness. Renee is laughing because I said alloy. I'm a metallurgist by training, so I think that was a slip of some sort. (laughs) Um, Generational programming or predispositions to illness. And now we're going to cover the final big one, which is preparing for death. So if you'd like to talk about that for a few moments. This is something that has occurred as a natural process in my work. It's not like I set, set, set out to uh, actually do this, but it becomes it as uh, I had been talking about this last lady because um, all in all, when it was all said and done, I recall the day when she came to me for her last healing. And she was on the table, and uh, I have a massage table I use. Anyway, um, I was just running supportive energy to her because that's all I could do at that time. And I said, um, I feel like I really want to tell you how important you have been to me. And she said, no, I'm going to tell you how important you've been to me. And she says, all the things that I have learned about myself. And, you know, she said, you know, Renee, I'm ready to go. I feel very peaceful. Um, I feel like I've learned so much from you. I feel that my cancer was my greatest teacher. 
that there are some things I would have never known. There are people that I would never have met and that I couldn't imagine a life that has any more richness than mine has had in the last several years of having this cancer. And I said, well, it's been a real honor to know you. And she walked out the door and she left two days later, quite peacefully. So um, the process of this healing is sometimes takes us to that place where someone can die peacefully and in peace and without any resistance, if you would imagine, just going, going through the door. And I think of one of the most profound um, people that I ever met was this elderly woman that was brought into me who was in her early 70s who was dying of lung cancer in a, in a tremendous amount of pain. And uh, they were on their way to UCLA. And um, the daughter wanted to bring her in. And um, she couldn't even lay down because it was too hard for her to breathe and the pain was too great. So I, I got up on the table and I let her just sort of lean back into me. And I sat up there and put my arms around her. And um, basically what I did was I began to journey and ask for where is this coming from? Where does the healing need to take place here for this woman? And I was shown that she had been repetitively molested by her uh, father and brothers. Um, this would have been a middle world journey. And so I just quietly said, as an introduction, I said, uh, you were abused as a young girl. And she nodded yes. And I said, I'm seeing family members. And she said yes, rather than speaking directly to it instead of loading it like that. And then she immediately said it was her father and her brothers. And I said, so, I said, this has taken your breath away. It has literally taken your life away, hasn't it? And she said, yes. And so what we did was a process whereby she could resolve that pain. And I won't get into any detail about that. Um, But we did this process with her. And I eventually did several soul retrievals. And... Um, when it was all said and done, she was able to weep for the first time in her life, um, which is also one of the things that is very difficult oftentimes for cancer patients. They don't know how to cry. They res- they're, they're a person that um, has never cried before or tro- properly grieved pain oftentimes. So here she could finally grieve and weep. And um, what happened for her was is that spiritually there was this light that came on in her eyes and she stopped struggling. It was the most remarkable thing to see. It's like it's not that the that the issue was going to be resolved, that it was going to go away, but she could be at peace now. And she just looked at me and she says, Thank you. That's made all the difference. And so um, I remember she just loved my rattle that I have. And uh, it has bear medicine on it because that's my medicine animal and bear fur. And she held it. It looks something like a kind of like an odd little kachina doll. And she just kept holding on to it after I had rattled her spirit back in. And she cradled it like a little doll. And she said, it reminds me of a little doll that I had when I was a child. And I said, why don't you just take it down to UCLA with you and your daughter can bring it back whenever. And so she she left with the, the rattle and um, she passed on uh, Two weeks later, and the daughter brought the rattle back eventually and said that she died very peacefully, was very resolved. And that was a last-minute save. Um, But I have worked with other clients. We've done a lot of process, which allows them, if not, not... not to heal entirely, but for their spirit to heal, because healing comes in, in different packages. 
Sometimes healing is just for the emotions. Sometimes healing is for the spirituals. And sometimes healing is death. Sometimes for people, that is their healing. So everything comes together in the way it's supposed to for their highest good, as it should be. Wow. That sounds like very sacred work that you're doing as well. Yeah, helping um, any late unfinished business, things that need to be done before the transition. That's, that's very powerful. Yeah. Okay. So we have gone over the methods now that shamans use. Uh, we really hope that that was informative for everyone. And what I'd like to do now during this final segment is just give some thoughts about shamanic healing in general. Renee mentioned during the first show that in ancient societies, shaman helped the survival for their community by tapping into knowledge about things necessary for survival, like food and environment, by journeying into alternate realities and gaining access to information that is not available to our five senses. And it's my contention that shamans are necessary today too, because they bring something to the table that is lacking in today's society. For example, as Renee has discussed, shamans show reverence and respect for all living things. They work in harmony with energy and entities that surround us, and their goal is to always be of highest service to their clients by providing physical, emotional, and spiritual healing and overall integration. In today's fragmented world, where our bodies, minds, and spirits are very fragmented from each other and the world around us, the integration that shamans provide is frankly going to be necessary for our survival, even in the modern world, in fact, especially in the frenetic modern world. I'd like to add that the shamanic way is not the only path, as the spiritual sciences of yoga and Ayurveda can also provide this integration, and we will delve into those subjects in January. But it's the integration that's the key, and shamanic healing is a powerful way of achieving it. The current trajectory of chronic disease, war, and environmental destruction, mostly in the name of profit for multinational corporations, is simply not sustainable. So what I'd like to close with here is the thought that although shamans were very important members of primitive societies, our society would also benefit greatly by more active participation from shamans. And so I'd like, in the last couple of minutes, Renee, what do you think, how would the world be different if shamans were more active in our society? And we have about two minutes. In this society, we have had a split from being connected with nature, with recognizing that all things are energy and that they are alive. In the shamanic viewpoint, everything has life and energy, which basically our quantum physics has proven. We're all energy particles arranged just differently in different forms. If there was that respect and understanding, you you wouldn't be approaching life with such disregard and in such a cavalier fashion. Uh, we would be approaching food in a sacred manner. We would be, you know, there were, the whole point of even blessing food when you before you eat it was actually something very important. And in many cultures, that was all part of the eating. You don't just sit down and just start throwing it down. You interact with it. You thank the spirit for the life it gave you. 
uh, when a, a, a brave would take the life of a deer, it, it sat there, it took its last breath with it and thanked it, told it what it was going to be used for, was an ingratitude for it. Uh, there was a total connection with everything. And so it would reconnect us with our Mother Earth and also with our spirit and recognition of the fact that we are material beings but ultimately spiritual ones. Excellent summary. Yeah, I like the words of respect, reverence, and connection. I think that's what shamans bring to the table. And that's all the time we have for today. It's been a wonderful discussion. Thank you so much, Renee, for joining us. Thank you. Generation Regeneration and being part of the Genar movement. Join us again next week. And until then, let's move the conversation over to Twitter at Sandra G. Mahotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhofra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. Thank you.